0: What an awesome place to be on New Year's Day. Here and in the presence of the Lord and the presence of family. God put us all together as a family. And uh, we all know about family. Sometimes it's not so good and Sometimes it's absolutely incredible. But in this family, God helps us to be one, united in his spirit. Our lessons for this series in the Sunday School Lessons was about the work of the spirit. God's spirit works within us. We are going to be talking today about victory, but it's victory through the Spirit. We're going to talk about we don't really want our own victories. We want victory through the Spirit. But in the lessons that we had preceding this, lesson number one, we talked about the necessity of the Spirit. We absolutely have to have the Spirit of God in our lives in order to, well, to do anything. We, we think that we can do all of these things. At least I have that problem. <laughs> I I, I think I can do all kinds of things. And I look at God every once in a while. I shouldn't, but I do. I look at God every once in a while and I say, God, this is okay. I got this one. And not very long after I say that, I fall flat on my face. Because even the small things, we need Him. It's easy for us to run to God when something terrible is happening. We all do that. Even if we're not a part of this body. Even if we don't really know God. If something horrible is happening, we run to God. Lots of Instances, situations, and circumstances prove that, that we run to God because we need him. It is absolutely necessary. Our key verse in that lesson was John 3, 5, that we must be born again. Born again how? Of the water and of the spirit. And one without the other doesn't get it. You need both of them to be born again. Next, we talked about that the Spirit is our leader. Key verse there was Romans eight fourteen. They couldn't quite get away from Romans because we're going to talk in Romans 7 and 8 today. But that... We need him as our leader. The psalmist said that it's a light for every step and a lamp that shows out just enough that gives us courage to take a few more. Circumstances in our lives, if we knew exactly what was going to happen this year, well let's back up a little if we knew exactly what was going to happen this month maybe we could back up a little bit more and if we knew what was going to happen this week would we have the ability to step into those times but with him with the spirit we can walk through this life boldly and meet every situation because we're doing it with him. He is our leader. Not last week, but the week before that, we talked about that the spirit empowers us. hmm Acts 1 and 8, that we're going to receive power after the Holy Ghost and that we can do anything through him. Well, I don't feel very strong. Well, that's the best place to be. Because when we feel strong, we do exactly what I told you I do a lot. When we feel strong, we think we can do it without him. But we can't. And if you don't know you can't yet, you shouldn't go anywhere without him. But he gives us power. So victory. Victory through the Spirit key verse today is Romans 8 and 6. For to be carnally minded. What is is carnally minded? That means we think for ourselves in our own spirit. That we're thinking only in our own minds. And we're not considering what God has to say about it at all. Carnally minded. To be carnally minded... Is death. Wow. Carnally minded, when we think within ourselves, when we do what we think, what we see as the best, what this world wants us to do, the influences that this world would have upon us when we think like that we're being carnally minded and it's death but to be spiritually minded this is the opposite to be spiritually minded is life and peace who doesn't want those who doesn't want to have life And another verse says, life more abundantly. And that is ours through the Spirit. And right now, we all need peace. It doesn't take very long at all looking at what's happening around us. That we, if we're not careful, it will steal our peace. It will cause us deep worry and concern. And God wants us to have life and peace. So, victory through Jesus. This song came into my mind. Have we sang it? In a long, I don't know. I, haven't, I don't remember hearing it here. But on page 116, we sing it because we have it. We know it. 116 Victory in Jesus. My Savior forever. Is He our Savior forever? Our Savior forever. He sought me. Do you remember that? Do you remember when he sought for you? Well, he still seeks for us. He wants to keep us in a place that we are connected with him. He seeks us daily. He sought me and he bought me. How did he do that? He gave his life. God manifested himself in the flesh. That's what we think about this time of year. Is that whole process of being of God manifesting himself in the flesh. Do we understand all of that? No. Now, you could be a greater theologian than I am and understand all kinds of things about that. But even if you are, you don't understand everything about it. No. He bought us. He paid the price. That means when I have a struggle... I just need to go to him. I don't have to pay for it. I just get to go to him. Lord, I'm so sorry this happened. Can you help me fix me? He bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me, and I knew... And I, and I knew him. All my love is due him. He plunged me into victory. He wants us to dive right in. Plunging, that, that, that sounds like you walk up to the edge of the lake or the pool, and you just everything you've got and dive right in. If it's cold, it's... But not in God. He he wants us to plunge into him. And we need to stay beneath that cleansing flood. The blood of Jesus keeps us cleansed. And in that... We have victory in him, victory in Jesus, victory in Jesus. Pastor, I'm going to borrow your favorite story from the Old Testament. I know I've heard you tell this several times that this is your favorite one, but if you read the Introduction, connection, cultural connection, whatever they were calling it in, in this, this series. If you read about that, you read about a victory for Israel in our time. Well, at least some of us's time. I was alive then. But first, let's go and look at Second Chronicles chapter 20. God wants his people to have the victory, even when it doesn't look like there's going to be a victory. He wants them to have a victory. 2 Chronicles 20, verses 1 through 4. Now, I copied it out in the New Living Translation, and so that's what I'm going to be reading. But it says, after this, the armies of the Moabites... The Ammonites and some of the Menuchites declared war on Jehoshaphat. Hmm. Messengers came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army from Edom is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea, and they already they're already at Haznan Tamar. This was another name for Engedi. Jehoshaphat, right at that moment, was terrified by the news, and begged. This is what was. This was the the change in the whole thing. From going from terrified, he begged the Lord for guidance. He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. He knew what was needed for victory, even when it was, oh, it was terrible to look at the force against them. Terrible to look at that force. So people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. Skip down with me if you're turned in 2nd Chronicles chapter 20 to verse 15 through 17. A man in the crowd does name him but I didn't copy that verse. But he said, "Listen. This isn't Jehoshaphat. This is a man that had been fasting and praying with everyone else he said listen all you people of Judah and Jerusalem listen King Jehoshaphat listen King this is what the Lord says do not be afraid in our struggles do not be afraid do not be afraid do not be discouraged by the mighty army For the battle is not yours. Any battle that we come up against, the battle is not ours. Well, what do you mean? It's coming against me. I'm the one in trouble here. But if you're in him... You don't have to worry at all. The battle is not yours. But God's, here's the instructions. Tomorrow, march out against them. You will find them coming up through the ascent aziz at the end of the valley that opens into the wilderness of Jurel. Don't you love the fact that God knows exactly This is what they're going to do. This is where they're at, and this is what they're going to do, so this is where you need to go. Thank you, Jesus. But you will not even need to fight. What? This is a huge army. How are we going to do this and not fight? Lost my place. Take up your positions. Then stand still and watch the victory, the Lord's victory, not our victory, The Lord's victory. Our lesson is victory through the Spirit. The Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. Okay, God told them they're not going to have to fight. Skip down to 21 and 22 in that same chapter after consulting the people the king anointed singers who here loves worship oh my goodness now you don't you don't really want me singing up here but but i love to sing i do I usually sing the old ones that I learned when I was first coming in the church. Those are the ones that I sing in the car when nobody else is there. And some of the new ones are pretty awesome too. The ones that that God moves on your heart when you're singing them. Those are the ones that come to mind. But he appointed Singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for the whole, and for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithfulness endures forever. At the very moment they began to sing. The very moment they began to sing. It didn't take long. They began to sing. The Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting amongst themselves. God wants to do a work in every situation that we have, and He will bring the victory. He will bring the victory. Highlights from that cultural connection. This happened in 1973. It was a day that Israel did not expect a battle. It was Yom Kippur. They were in the mind of worship and celebrating God, they had other things on their minds. The day of atonement. The holiest day on Israel's calendar. Do you think the enemy knew exactly when to fight? When to come in there and throw the hardest punch they could? Oh yeah. The devil knows exactly when to get us. He knows exactly when to come at us. And cause us the... (gasps) just like Jehoshaphat, was terrified. And when we are at that point, we have a choice. This lesson, if I can hurry up, gets into that choice. So there was a battle that started. And if you read through this... God had fought many, many battles for Israel at this point in time. Actually, walking up into this point in time. In 1948, they were declared a nation. That was huge. They were a displaced people with nowhere to be. And their land had been overtaken by many others. But they knew... That God had told them that that was their land. That was their inheritance. God had given it to them. And in 1948, they became a nation. And then you move into the Six-Day War. Wow. Look that up. Read about that in history. The Six-Day War, a war that started and ended in six days. Wow, God was working for his people, and he had a plan. And the forces in October there in 1973, the forces from Syria, Egypt, Jordan, Iraq, Saudi Arabia, Libya, Tunisia, Algeria, and Morocco, they all descended against Israel. on the Day of Atonement, and they came in like a flood, and Israel started fighting, but God started fighting with them, and they had the ability through God's power in deliverance to push the enemy back from where they had come from. Until the story says that they were close enough, it says, lob artillery into Damascus. God knows what he's doing when it comes to victory. But what is our part? Our part is to be in him. We're not going to have victory. Oh, now you might win a battle or two. You might be able to say, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. No, 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 I'm not going to go there. No, I don't want any of that. You might be able to do that once or twice, but if that keeps coming at you over and over and over again, our human nature will give in to that. We will succumb. Why do you believe it's so difficult for us to come o- overcome our? human nature why is it so difficult to do that thoughts sister phoebe the original fall sister phoebe thank you it started in the garden of eden with adam and eve disobeying the one rule just the one rule that's they had one rule Can we count the number of rules we have? Oh, no. We have rules everywhere. But yes, that's where it began. Any other thoughts about why we have so much trouble overcoming ourselves? Brother Norm, it ushered in separation. Absolutely. We have this difficulty because we, if we don't stay connected with God, then we're going to lose. We have to do this in him. Now, finally, we can go to the text. Sorry, that was a long introduction, right? I know that this was just the context of this lesson, but I really want to go through it. Romans chapter 7, starting with verse 14. And I flipped back into the King James here. Romans seven fourteen through 25 says, For we know that the law is spiritual. But I am carnal, sold under sin. This is Paul. Can you believe this about Paul? This is Paul's struggle. He's talking about the war that goes on on the inside of him. Because of the fall, Sister Phoebe, because of the separation that happened there, Brother Norm, this is a fight, and we all have this same fight within us. Even after we have the Holy Ghost. Paul the Apostle. This is him talking about his daily struggle. For that which I do, I allow not. I don't want to do what's, what I'm doing. For what I would That I do not, but what I hate, that I do. You ever felt like that? I just, just no matter what's going on in my day, what I want to do, the good choices that I want to make are not usually the things that end up happening unless I am walking in the spirit. If I let my spirit, my spirit my flesh, my ideas in, I end up doing the things that I hate. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that is good. If I do not do what I want, then I am connecting with God. Now then, it is no more that I do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. There's not anything good in us. Does that mean that that people don't do good things? Yes, people do good things. That's not what it means. But our nature in itself, given a test, we will often choose what we shouldn't do. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. Even filled with the Holy Ghost, Paul didn't always find the ability to do right. For the good that I would I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Skipping down to verse 25, it says, But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. We have this natural man that is always fighting against the Spirit of God, our spiritual man. There's a battle, a tug-of-war in our lives that is constantly back and forth, back and forth, and we're pulling. You ever done a been in a tug-of-war? Oh, yeah. When you're really in the throes of a tug-of-war, it doesn't take much to throw the balance off one way or the other. Just a little slip, a little thread in that rope that you're hanging on to, and it gives you a splinter, and you let go just a little bit. Because something caused you some pain, and you're fighting, trying to win this tug-of-war that's going on in us. The next chapter, we have this war that goes on within us. But chapter 8, before I read verse 1, this is going to answer the feelings that you have during this struggle. Because we don't always make the perfect decision every moment. And our flesh wins out over our spirit, we can cause ourselves a lot of condemnation. You just can't do it. You can't do anything right. I can't do anything right. I'll make this personal. I can't do anything right. And these are just, these may just only be coming from simple decisions. I should have done this first. Because I know that my day would have been better if I had done this first. And we build up this guilt and condemnation in our lives that we have to let go of. If we let that fester in our hearts and our minds, we will really fail. Because we don't think that there's any, why? Why, why? why should I do any, why should I work hard at this? I just keep failing. I just keep falling down. I just keep thinking the wrong things. I just keep saying the wrong things. I get angry. all of these things happen in our lives and that's that tug of war and they can cause great amount a great amount of guilt in our lives and the scripture calls it condemnation but verse 1 of chapter 8 there is therefore now right now in him walking in the spirit moving through the spirit right now there is no condemnation. We don't have to beat ourselves up with that. What do we need to do with that? We need to lay it before the Lord and just say, Lord, I, am, I don't know why I keep doing this, but Lord, help me to stop doing this or that or whatever it is in your life that causes you to stumble. Lord, help me. But there is now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. So let's back that timeline up about taking steps and seeing with a light and a lamp. And this year, we have no idea what's going to happen this year. When we started 22... We didn't have any idea what was going to happen that year. I know so many people that are so done with 2022. So done. But do we know what's going to happen this year? We don't have any idea. We want victory, Cale. We do. We want victory this year. We need victory this year. But if we're not careful, we get anxious because we can't see what's going to happen. But you know what? Back that up that month, that week. You need to back it up to this moment. This moment, each moment, I have to make sure that I am in Christ Jesus. He tells us to stand with Him. He tells us that we're sitting in heavenly places. Well, that's where He is. He tells us that we need to rest in Him. And if we will do that moment by moment, if we're standing, we're going to do it in him. If we're sitting, we're going to do it in him. If we're resting, kick back in a lazy boy with the foot up and a nice blanket and a good book. The good book? Awesome. We are in him and we have victory through him. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. It was the act of salvation that bought us. He bought us. That act of his death and his burial and his resurrection, gave us the ability to be free from our flesh and have victory in him, free from the law of sin and death. Yes, we might actually die on this earth, but if we're in him when that happens, we will live forever Live forever with Him. We have eternal life with Him. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in His likeness of sinful flesh, and the sin condemned sin in our flesh. It is condemned. We don't have to do it. We don't have to give in to what our flesh tells us. And then verse 8, because this carnal mind, this mind that we were born with, this mind that you don't have to teach to do bad things. Now, we can learn to do bad things, but let me tell you, I've seen a few grow up. From, you know, you're holding them. And they, they fit from the tips of your fingers to your elbow, just like that. From that size to that size. And I know I didn't ever have to teach them how to be bad. Now, that doesn't mean they didn't learn some things from me, unfortunately. Unfortunately. But I didn't have to teach them to hide things and tell a story. To fight. No, don't have to learn how to do that. It's in you. It's in us. That nature is in us. But with him, we can conquer what's in us. But it's a moment-by-moment-by-moment process. What is your definition of walking in the spirit? And then how... Should walking with him affect our daily lives? How do we walk with him in every moment? Because, I mean, we've talked, and I think you agree with me, that we need to make this moment-by-moment decision. Paul talked about in chapter 7, that moment-by-moment, I have to make a decision, and it's a war within me. How do we do that in the spirit? Any thoughts? How do we do that in the spirit? Yes. Absolutely. Thank you, Sister Glover. We cannot get away from that that salvation experience. We have to keep our lives repented. It's the very basics. The scripture talks about the foundation that was set by the apostles and prophets, and we need to build on that. That means you don't get away from it. You don't lay a block to the building one foot away from the foundation and expect it's going to support the building. Even over a half of a block... That's not very far. What, blocks are like six inches? I don't really know. They're not very, they're not very wide. About my hand's breadth here. Covers the end of a, a brick. And if you get that over even half of a brick and you build up on top of that, mm, that building's in trouble. Life starts happening and the ground starts shaking. We know what it's like when the ground starts shaking. You're really hoping that your building is strong and on a good foundation that went down to something solid. Well, the something solid in our lives is what Jesus wants us to be connected to. He wants us to be connected to him. That salvation that we have in Him is our firm foundation. And we need to daily make a habit, Sister Glover, of connecting with our foundation. And then listening to the direction that God will give us. He likes specifics have you have you figured that out in reading the word he knows just where things need to happen just where it's going to happen gave direction to jehoshaphat and the children of israel gave direction to israel in a great battle god wants to win the battle he doesn't want us to have victory. He wants us to have victory through him. He wants the victory. He wants the glory. A song. I, I, don't, I have almost probably 800 songs on my playlist. Okay, well, there's a lot of them, and I don't think I've even heard them all yet um, because I put it on shuffle when I'm playing, and I was doing that this morning. And this song came up, and I happened to be close enough to my phone that I could push repeat and repeat and repeat because it spoke to me about this lesson and this victory. It's not our victory, although it is our victory, but we can only have that victory through him. And this song was what came up. You deserve the glory. It's not us. It's not me. It, it, it's his glory. Lord, we lift up our hands in worship. Uh, first it starts, you deserve the glory, the glory, and the honor. Lord, we lift our hands in worship, and we bless your holy name. goes on to say, for you are great, not me. Not me. I can't do this by myself. But you are great. For you do miracles. Has he done miracles in your life? Oh, yes. We could sit here a long time talking about the miracles that God has done in our lives. You do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. There is no one like our God, and he deserves all the glory. So we're going to have victory through Jesus. Let's get ready to worship. I'm looking forward to a time with the Lord and with you. God bless you.